You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, a victorious Monday for your New Orleans Pelicans as they took two games over the weekend, one against the Indiana Pacers, one against the Houston Rockets, pushing their winning streak to four straight games now. Yes, we are going streaking. We'll break down both of those wins for you here on the show today as well as talk about how the Pelicans' defense has been improving. I've got some numbers for you. I want you to kind of see what they're doing a little bit more and how this team is starting to come together. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So despite the Pelicans once having a 13-game losing streak, they came into Saturday's game against the Indiana Pacers on a two-game winning streak looking to push it to three. And the first quarter did not make you think that that was going to happen at all with New Orleans dropping the frame 32-19, to aimless possessions, really poor defense, and it was just, oh, okay, maybe this was all just kind of a flash in the pan and nothing really to read too much into. But then New Orleans came alive in the second corner, winning that one 29 to 13 defense adjusted and really closed out on the Indiana players hard took away the rim Indiana I think was 414 from the field in that quarter and missed all nine of their three-point attempts during it and New Orleans realized oh we can score against these guys and doing that is what they did by the numbers in this game Drew Holiday 20 points three rebounds seven assists very cool moment because both of his brothers play for the Indiana Pacers Uh, Justin and Aaron and you got to see all three of them out on the court at one point during the third quarter making NBA history all three of them came in wearing a holiday season t-shirt which was pretty cool too their parents were there as well just a very cool moment for that family all around Brandon Ingram still being able to score whenever he wants. 24 points on the night, 7 assists, 5 boards, 7 of 16 from the field, 2 of 6 from deep, and 8 of 8 from the line. J.J. Redick, 15 points in this one on 3 of 7 deep shooting. Lonzo Ball playing okay. 13 points, 4 of 11 shooting, 4 of 8 from deep, which is at the time a career high for him. His shot's starting to fall and he's feeling a little bit better about it. 4 rebounds, 3 assists, really looking to kind of score with his jump shot in that one. Jackson Hayes only getting a little over 21 minutes in this one, just 2 points, quiet night for him. Off the bench though, you had two guys who kind of have been standing out a lot recently. Um, And one we'll really talk about in the Houston Rockets game. You know who that was. Uh, But coming off the bench, uh, bench, Josh Hart, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 2 of 6 shooting from deep. Each one more, also 11 points. 
on three of six shooting from deep, also chipped in four rebounds as well. Ken with the emergence of each one more, you're seeing Kenrich Williams have his minutes drop a little bit. Also, his poor shooting over the past month or so has kind of limited him. Not much action for him in this one. Frank Jackson coming in to kind of close the half uh, for the Pelicans at one point. Two of three from the field, four points. Uh, you had Nikhil Alexander-Walker, four minutes, two of two from the field, five points. And then Nicolo Melli actually made a three. And then Jalil Okafor still getting those DNP coaches' decisions. For the Pacers, they were led uh, by uh, Demonis Sabonis in this one with 15 points for him, TJ Warren 20, and Aaron Holiday having 25. But it's the defense that's kind of a big thing, and there's a reason I didn't mention Derek Favors when we looked at the stats here, and that's because he anchored things down low, and I wanted to look at him right here. He was pretty good in this game, 10 points on the night, but 16 rebounds, just hoovering up misses, which is really needed ending those possessions for the Indiana Pacers and letting the Pelicans start their fast break offense. Being able to get out and run and play fast is what this team wants to do. They had 20 points in the fast break, which is pretty good for them. So overall, they're getting to play their style of basketball a little bit more because you end possessions. Possession terminators, I think is what David Griffin referred to them as. Derek Favors definitely can do that. You're also seeing this team get a little bit more aggressive defensively, even even though they change their scheme to not be aggressive. We'll talk about that coming up in the third segment. But after this win, Pelicans push their streak now. We're good, streaky! Two, three games with a chance to make it four, which they did do. We can just spoil alert that one right now against the Houston Rockets the very next night. Let's look at that game here coming right up. But before we get to that, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And guess what? They're only three and a half games out of the eight seed somehow right now. That's pretty good, all things considered, where we were less than a month ago. So tell a friend, leave a five-star review, and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So the Pelicans had a chance to run their streak to four games against the Houston Rockets. And despite it being a little bit close at times and you feeling like maybe this wasn't going to be a game going New Orleans' way, well, they pulled it out a 127-112 win over the Houston Rockets after being pretty close for the first half, knotted up at 64. Houston kind of came out with a seven-point lead at the end of the third. But then New Orleans, and each one more in particular, absolutely exploded and just put the Rockets away in this one. You had a couple of standout performances in the game, but really the guy who got things going for New Orleans in the fourth quarter, without a doubt, was each one more who went four of five from deep, five of nine from the field overall for 14 total points. Drew Holiday also pacing this team too with 12 points. So the fourth quarter, very kind to New Orleans. And yeah, you can kind of see why. Lonzo Ball also chipped in seven points, Brandon Ingram eight, and they put up 41 total points to, again, put the Rockets in the fridge and end this game and get with their four-game winning streak. Pretty cool to see overall. This was one where the coaching staff had a plan and they stuck to it and it worked. The Houston Rockets on the night, they shoot a lot of threes. They made uh, 14, or sorry, 11, 12. There it is. I know the numbers. I know how to count. 12 in the first half. 
But they went cold in the second half, just making three the rest of the way. And Gentry said after the game that he didn't think their shooting was sustainable. They were without James Harden, without Russell Westbrook. Maybe that makes you shoot better if you don't have Westbrook out there. And without Clint Capella. And when you're having a lot of these guys chuck a lot of threes who are okay at three-point shooting at best at times, you feel comfortable that maybe some variants will kick in or it'll just not have those guys shoot 60% or so. They stuck by that, and it ended up uh, making them go ice cold in the fourth quarter, which New Orleans won 41-19. to They were able to put this game away through sticking to their defensive game plan. Pretty nice to see them do that, to be honest. And sometimes it works and you're just not on the wrong side of stats and variance and randomness uh, going against you. So while I have sound effects in the show today, I also have cats running around who are not the sound effects that I had intended. Um, so good job for New Orleans overall. Again, Etwan Moore really kind of being the catalyst for this in the fourth quarter. But a guy who was the catalyst all game for New Orleans was Lonzo Ball in this one. 27 points on the night, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals as well. 7 made threes. He set a career high with 4 in the game before this one. He almost doubled that here with seven. He's he went seven of twelve from the uh, from three, ten of twenty from the field overall. He was good. Now I don't think Houston really defended him well on pick and rolls with him and Derek Favors. They really stuck tight to him instead of trying to make him score, which let him get those easy assists to Derek Favors in the pick and roll. But you know what? We'll take it. That seems like a gaffe by the uh, Houston Rockets on their end in the way they defended uh, Lonzo Ball. But his shot is starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. And he said after the game, like, I've got my legs under me. I don't mind him shooting some threes. I don't like the step back threes necessarily, but set threes, open threes like that. Yeah, the dude has proven he can hit those. And he did in this game. He was great. He was aggressive enough when he needed to be. And then more importantly, in the fourth quarter where this team had 14 points in the fast break to really get out and run, he was the catalyst for that. He's the guy that gets them into that offense, into transition, and pushes it better than anyone else can. I've said this on the radio recently. I've said this on the podcast recently. He's almost kind of the epitome of the type that they want to be, the player they want guy who will get out and run and push it and that's what he does and he's good at getting other guys set up for things like that this team had 28 points in the fast break in this game and really were able to bury the Houston Rockets with it they're not changing their offensive philosophy whatsoever during the stretch they're just playing a little bit smarter getting in transition a little bit more but still playing unbelievably fast They want to get out and run. This is still very much an Alvin Gentry style of team. Shoot a bunch of threes, get out and run. And when you have Lonzo Ball doing both of that, good things are bound to happen. So with that, the Pelicans have pushed their winning streak to four games. They have the second longest winning streak in the league right now and are only three and a half games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Though I will say that's a bit misleading because there's like five teams they would need to jump. And as we've all learned recently with the Saints and that Seattle game and the garbage that that was, you don't want to let other people control your destiny. You want to control it yourself. There's too many variables right now to really say the Pelicans are full on in playoff contention outside of that three and a half number. 
You don't want to rely on other teams having to lose as well as you winning. You'd rather just be able to win or only have like one team have to lose. It's not the case here for New Orleans, but things definitely are going better with this winning streak. And let's look at the defense and how it's improved. Why are they playing better on that side of the ball coming up in the next segment? Don't forget, on the fly, the Pelicans' official Twitch show, which I co-host alongside Gus Kattengill, going to be coming back to you all in the new year. We're excited again. Team is winning. They're on a winning streak. We're good streaking! And it's time to get back to talking about what this team is doing well and breaking it down for you on the show while being live and interactive and taking your questions. Go to twitch.com or twitch.tv slash PelicansNBA and make sure to subscribe to know when the show goes live. Should have a new episode coming for you all within the next week or so, and I cannot wait. Going to be a lot of fun. Twitch.tv slash PelicansNBA. So the defense, what the hell has gotten into this unit that was so unbelievably bad to start the year? And they were really, really, really bad. But things seem to be rounding into form just a little bit. Since December 18th, so over their last six games, the Pelicans sport the third best defensive rating in the league, 100.5, significantly below where their team average was before. This is a unit that is improving. They're not perfect. I don't think they're the third best defense out there right now, actually, Uh, but they are improving and that is a good thing. By comparison, their defensive rating uh, on the season is 112.2. So it's 12 points less per 100 possessions, which is around the pace that the Pels play with. So they're saving and shaving off about 12 points per game. That's good no matter how you want to look at it. So what's going on here and what's making this big difference for why that's happening? And it's a couple of things, I think, over this stretch and over this time period that New Orleans is doing this. Um, And it's, you know, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. First and foremost, though, is really the return of Derek Favors. It's not all on him, but having a guy who can actually defend the rim, provide that rim protection, is so unbelievably important. He deters drives in a way that Jackson Hayes didn't. Jackson Hayes was doing an okay job at this, don't get me wrong, but he certainly wasn't the reason that teams would shy away from contact around the rim or just shoot threes and different things like that. They would try and go at him. He's a rookie. He committed a lot of fouls. Derek Favors doesn't do a lot of that. And simply put, having him down low and also scooping up those misses, not giving up second chance points, which was something that New Orleans really struggled with to start the year, is certainly put the Pelicans in a much better defensive position than they were in before. The other thing he gives you is that communication. He is down low, barking at the other defenders on where they should be, trying to tell them what's coming. He reads the court incredibly well. That's what happens when you've been in the league for 10 years or so. He can see what's going on and inform guys what's coming on if he sees a pick, because down low he can scan the whole court a little bit better. Well, then he can call out what's coming and let guys know. And that communication, as we've talked about, is so important on the defense defensive side of the ball and you're seeing it and then it's infectious and it's meaning other guys are talking too the fact that he's back just around the team in practice probably helps them to helps them too. He was away from the team for about two weeks after the death of his mother. Completely understandable. But having him back out there, certainly a good thing in practice, explaining to other guys what they need to do, how they need to communicate, because Alvin Gentry did say, this is a very quiet team, probably the quietest he's ever been around. Well, having a guy like Derek Favors out there who wants to talk, it's pretty good to have. 
and it makes a difference. So him out there for the, the rim protection, the rebounding, and the communication, which again is infectious, only a good thing and is one of the big reasons why New Orleans is improving well. The other reason is defending the three-point line. And I, you know, you can look at this one of two ways. They're giving up a lot of threes, I think, but they're giving them up to shooters who aren't the best. And some of this is variance kicking in, but some of it is also by design. And you heard it from the comments, like uh, what Alvin Gentry said after last night's game. We didn't think they could shoot this way the whole game, so we stuck with what they were doing, and they didn't. Sometimes that'll burn you and go against you, certainly, but New Orleans, when you look at some of the guys that they're giving up three-point shots to or who taking a lot of three-point shots against New Orleans, you're kind of okay with this. Since December 18th, that's what we're using everything here for, you have Chris Clemens taking 11 shots against New Orleans, Robert Covington taking 11 three-pointers against New Orleans, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard both took 10 and legitimately had an awful, awful, awful shooting night making two of those combined. But Malik Beasley, 3 of 10, he's an okay shooter. Gary Harris, okay shooter. You have guys like that, Andrew Wiggins took six. Yeah, I'll take Andrew Wiggins taking six threes. We probably treat him the same way that other teams treat uh, Lonzo Ball. That Even if they're having an okay shooting season this year, it's not historically what they're known for. Shabazz Napier took five. You can go on and on and on with some of these guys who are taking a lot of threes, and they're average, kind of at best. You'll live with that. You'll live with those guys taking a ton of threes because those aren't the guys that are likely to kill you in a game. And if they do, you just kind of chalk your hands up and go, oh, well, we still executed the plan and sometimes the results just don't go your way. So with them and the three-point line, they're also closing out significantly better, I think, and the contested shots are up a slight tick uh, for New Orleans during this time. But I think it is by design, and the Milwaukee Bucks ran a strategy like this to one of the better defenses in the league the past couple years by letting subpar three-point shooters take three-point shots. Yes, they will make some of those, but by and large, the you know the numbers kind of even out, regress to the mean, and it regresses to the mean both ways. So I think this has been a little bit by design, and New Orleans kind of has a defensive strategy, and they're sticking to it. What's also interesting is something that Alvin Gentry said before the game. They've been dropping the big and pick-and-roll coverage a whole lot more. And that's because he said, we were probably too aggressive early on in the year. Remember that high trap with the big and the high pick and roll or just running a big and the guard up there to take away the ball handler and force the ball out of their hands? That burned them so badly for the first chunk of the year. And by going with a more conservative strategy and adjusting your philosophy, this isn't what they practiced all year, all off season long. It's really starting to pay dividends. But now that you have that rim protector and don't mind guys kind of going downhill at you and getting the ball out of those uh, guard hands, it's actually allowed New Orleans to be a, a bit, not a ton, more aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. By having a rim protector down low, by dropping the big in the pick and roll and not worrying about an uncontested look at the basket that way, some of these guys are getting more aggressive. You've seen uh, guys like Drew Holiday, guys like Brandon Ingram get their arms in the passing lanes and gamble a little bit more. And deflections are up for New Orleans during this stretch, by the way, trying to force steals. You can gamble in a few miss you've got Derek Favors down low to kind of help erase that a little bit it's similar to what the Jazz do with Rudy Gobert so you've got a guy who can kind of take away the rim or at least help you there or slow teams down allowing more help defense or recovery there 
You can be more aggressive without it being a trap and putting you in a bad way like New Orleans was to start the year. So that, I think, has been a real good thing for this defense. So it's kind of, you know, all of the above. Derek Favors making a difference. The scheme being different, which is on coaching for the people who dislike Gentry. They've adjusted. They've changed. Certainly, that's a good thing. Uh, and so overall, you're seeing this team improve. The communication just by spending time together with it all is making a big difference. I don't know if they're the third best defense in the league. They're probably maybe closer to average right now. But given where they were to start the year, that seems pretty good. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Pelicans up to a four-game winning streak now. We're good streaking! couple days off for New Orleans before they take on the Lakers in LA on January 3rd, meaning this was the final game of the decade for New Orleans. So thank you all for listening to the show today. Back with you all with another episode tomorrow, breaking down more about what you want to know with this team and how the Pelicans can keep this winning streak going. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll see you then.